You can be seated this morning. It's great to have you here with us at Grace Church. We welcome you. And uh, it was over Christmas break that actually one of my best friends growing up, uh, he came into town to visit his family. And uh, his name's Jeremy Wilkinson. Some of you may know him. Uh, some of, most of you probably don't know him. But he came into town to visit his family. And Jeremy is now actually the executive pastor at Blue Ridge Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And uh, while he was here, we got the chance to reminisce about some old war stories, you know, growing up. And uh, that's when it came up again. It came up again. One of the dumbest, most foolish things I have ever done in my life that almost cost Jeremy his life. The parking lot around Grace Church, many of you know this, some of you may not. I grew up here in Durango. We used to live right up on the hill where those condos are. And uh, the parking lot around the church was, was all gravel. We didn't have any paved parking. And this one particular summer, the parking lot was in the process of getting redone and a fresh load of gravel and sand was piled up in the corner of the parking lot. And it was a big mound, for sure. It was big. On one particular evening after a midweek service, I got the keys to my parents' car and uh, started driving around. And to this day, I haven't had the chance to talk with you about this, Dad, but to this day, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why my parents would let me drive the car. They would let me do this around the parking lot. And uh, as I came to a stop, Jeremy hopped on the hood of the car, and that's when it happened, okay? The worst idea to ever enter a human's mind came into my head, and here's the idea. Drive really fast towards that big pile of sand, slam on the brakes, and launch Jeremy into the pile of sand, okay? It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be so funny. Common sense was nowhere to be found in this moment. I just pictured Jeremy head first in this pile of sand, you know, his legs wiggling, and everyone would get a good laugh, you know, it'd be fun. So I punched the gas. And as I started to build up speed, Jeremy obviously became really nervous and he started to reach back for the back of the hood so he could hold on tight. And I slammed on the brakes. But instead of launching Jeremy into the pile or toward the pile of sand, he fell in front of the vehicle. And I had built up enough speed that I was skidding on the gravel. The car finally came to a stop. And that's when it hit me. I just ran over my best friend. I just killed my best friend. I got out of the car really slowly and I walked to the front of the car to examine the carnage. Thankfully, as Jeremy fell in front of the vehicle... He was able to grab the bumper with his hands as he was falling, and he held on for dear life. So he didn't get ran over. He just got drugged a little bit. He was alive, though, okay? He was alive. 
His back was out of place and there was a patch of hair missing off of his head, but he was alive. He was alive. Now here's what, the most incredible thing, here's what happened. Jeremy got up off the ground and instead of throwing a punch at my face, he asked me if I wanted to stay the night at his house. Like to this day, I don't know what was happening and and I was just so thrilled that he wasn't mad at me and um, as I think about it now, actually, I kind of wonder if he was plotting to kill me in my sleep that night or something. But, but needless to, stay, needless to say, I, I stayed the night at his house that night, and we're still great friends to this day. And uh, it was a foolish decision, to say the least. Very foolish. And I like sharing this story because all the young people do not ride on the hood of a car ever. Okay, Uh, it was a foolish decision and only by God's grace. I know it could have turned out very differently. But you know what? I'm going to be wiser next time. We're in the second Sunday of 2017. And those of you that are visiting, my name is Justin Ross. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Church. And we're jumping back into our study in the book of Proverbs. And it's called Proverbs Top 31. It's 31 sermons in the book of Proverbs, and it's spread out over time. And today is number 27, and it's called Acquire Wisdom. Get all the wisdom that you can. Acquire it. Get it. Pursue it. Get all the wisdom you can. And we want to talk about wisdom so you can avoid foolishness as much as you possibly can. Throughout this amazing book of Proverbs, the author often contrasts the path of wise people and the path of foolish people. He'll point out this is the path of the wise and then he'll show, in contrast, the path of the foolish. Don't raise your hands, but let me ask, how many of you have taken a foolish path of some sort? Don't raise your hands. (laughs) All right? (laughs) John's like this. You've experienced great pain because of that path that you followed. And maybe you even said this phrase, I'm going to be wiser next time. You know, in the 17 years that I've been in ministry, I've heard the I'll be wiser next time comments. I've heard them. You know, we should have dated longer than three weeks before we got married. I'll be wiser next time. I should have been more diligent at work before I lost my job. I'll be wiser next time. I should have counted to 10 before I screamed at my 15-year-old son. I'll be wiser next time. I should have cut up those extra credit cards that came to me in the mail. I'll be wiser next time. All of us, myself included for sure, can look back with 2020 vision at times in our lives where we chose the foolish path and then we paid huge consequences. Sadly, some people choose a path of foolishness, foolishness that extracts such huge consequences that there never is a next time. 
Friends, let me just say, if, if you get nothing else out of the message this weekend, please get this. The book of Proverbs that we're studying is God's gift to us. It's God's gift to help us be wiser this time. Wiser the first time. The time before you choose the foolish path of no return. The time before the divorce. The time before the dismissal or before the DUI or the bank rest. The gift of the book of Proverbs can keep us from paying huge consequences in every area of our lives. Because it prescribes the path of wisdom this time. Not next time, this time. Are you up for that? Are you up for it? I am too. Now a few quick facts about the book of Proverbs before we dive in. King Solomon, the wisest person uh, in history, he is the primary author of the book of Proverbs. Two other very minor uh, contributors are named, but we know very little about these guys other than their names. But Solomon wrote most of the book of Proverbs. So Proverbs was compiled sometime between the 6th and the 10th century B.C. But the main thing that you need to know about this book of Proverbs, if you're not familiar with it, is this. It's not a list of rigid rules to follow. If you're looking for something like that, Proverbs is probably going to disappoint you. And as a matter of fact, it might even confuse you. But rather... Proverbs describes how God designed life to work. He is the designer. God created life. He designed life. He's the master engineer. He designed life, and he has a plan, and he knows how it should work. And this book describes how God designed life to work. So you might think of the book of Proverbs as a divinely guided, common sense book. I love this book. It's just full of common sense. Some verses in Proverbs are, you know, they're subtle in their form of poetry. You read it maybe the first time and it doesn't make sense. But then after you ponder it and you kind of meditate on it and you think about it, it kind of sneaks up on you. And you do that for a while, and then all of a sudden you begin to see the beauty. You begin to understand. You begin to learn. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, oh, that's good. That's good. That's really good. You go through that process, and you, you never forget the beauty of that verse that you were pondering and you were thinking about. There are other verses in the book of Proverbs that just punch you right in the gut. And you know, we all need that from time to time. I have already mentioned to you that Proverbs is one of my favorite books of the Bible. I read through it often. And when I do, I usually do a chapter a day. And I get a pen and I underline or I circle, uh, man, things that hit me afresh. Things that hit me, you know, new it's fresh, it's for this season of life that I'm in, and I circle it, I underline it, I write down questions in my journal. Man, I just really reflect on it, and I have learned, and, and, and gosh, this book has guided my life tremendously. Every time, every 
every single time I read through the book of Proverbs, I find nuggets of knowledge that are new for me. And I have, I've read this book numerous times. But every time I find something new for me in the season that I'm in, it's new from my experience, where I am in this stage of my life. And I think that you will too. I think you'll find nuggets of knowledge, nuggets of wisdom that are for what you need in this season of your life. You'll, you'll find it if you read it. Okay? So I hope that you'll start reading it. I hope that you'll start reading it soon. I want us to to look at two sections this morning in the book of Proverbs that set the stage for the whole book. They are the key descriptive parts for the whole book. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. And then we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 3. And I'm going to read verses 13 through 18. So you can follow along in your own Bible. The verses will also be on the screen. So let's begin with Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. And it says... These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge, and discernment to the young. Look at verse 5. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Wow. Now let's read Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 13 through 18. It says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Verse 17. By the way, this isn't a chapter out of a prosperity uh, gospel book. This is out of the Bible. Verse 17. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. These two small sections in the book of Proverbs, contain the two big ideas for the entire book of Proverbs. The first idea is this, okay? You have some notes, write some things down. Uh, this is the first big idea in the book of Proverbs. The first big idea is that wisdom must be pursued. It has to be pursued. It's not found in the drinking water. Okay, wisdom is not just floating around in the air, and if you sniff it, all of a sudden you become wise. Okay, Wisdom has to be pursued. You have to chase after it. You have to track it down. You have to lay hold of it. And second, the second big idea, the text tells us that wisdom applied to daily life 
wisdom that is applied to a person's daily life will pay off handsomely. There is a payoff for those who pursue after wisdom, for those who chase after wisdom. There is a benefit to it. It's like a paycheck that you get. If you can grab hold of these two truths, these two big ideas to pursue wisdom and then understanding that there's great benefit for those who pursue wisdom, your life will be greatly blessed. Now let me ask you, are you a person who pursues wisdom? Are you a person who chases after wisdom? Verse 13 told us that those who search for wisdom diligently, those who find it, good things happen. Over and over again, the author of Proverbs says, you have to pursue wisdom. You can't be passive about it. Okay? You, you have to pursue wisdom. If you're passive about it, it's not going to get inside of you. It's not going to get in you. Are you a person who pursues wisdom? You know, Proverbs exposes a nasty little secret about us human beings. We all carry within us a fascination for foolishness. Some of us more than others, okay? Those that had both hands raised. Let me just, let me put it this way, just a quick example. Why is it that millions of college-educated people paid good money a few years back to watch a movie called Dumb and Dumber, okay? It made $250 million at the box office, and they even created a sequel, all right? Fascination with foolishness. Think about it. Why, why would millions of people every year fly to Las Vegas to gamble money they don't have and eat and drink in self-destructive ways? Why? Fascination with foolishness. I mean, why do people still root for the Cleveland Browns? A fascination for foolishness. Okay, the writer of Proverbs, he points out our curious fascination with folly. And then the writer of Proverbs says, look, look, you better not let folly get its hooks in you. You better not. In fact, don't even hang around folly-prone people. Such is its peril. The author says, pursue wisdom. Set your sights on it. Go after it. Sign up for it. Pursue it. Pursue it. Pursue it. God's wisdom applied to daily life will pay off handsomely. I want to reread some of the verses in chapter 3. Because the author describes beautifully this point. Look at verse 16. Proverbs 3, verse 16. He says, Long life is in her right hand. 
speaking of wisdom, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Good, good things come to people who are on wisdom's path. I love verse 17. It's one of my favorites. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. If I handed a microphone to every person in this, in this room and asked you to describe a time that you were on a foolish path, you knew it. I mean, the people around you knew it. You were fascinated by it. You were curious about this foolish path. You were going down this path. Two words that would not describe how you felt while you were going down that path would be pleasant and peaceful. Friends, I I know this because I've been down foolish paths. And I know when I'm going down them. I know when I'm going down those paths. And I hear that little whisper in my ear, you're going to pay for this, Justin. Justin, if you continue down this path, there's huge consequences. You're going to pay for this. Justin, it's not going to turn out the way you hope it will. And I feel increasing amounts of anxiety and I feel increasing amounts of stress and I start thinking like, man, oh, gosh, this is going to be painful. Brace yourself. But I keep going down the path of foolishness. Now now contrast that. If I were to pass that same microphone around to everyone and I asked you to share about a time when you made the other decision. You shared with us about a time when you chose the path of wisdom. You felt fully aligned with God. Fully aligned with His Word. You were on the path of wisdom. You know, when, I, when I've been on that path, when I've made that decision to pursue God and to be in alignment with His Word, two feelings overwhelm me. Pleasantness. You know, I think to myself, this is right. This is, this is good. This is long-lasting. This is going to lead me where I want to go. Pleasant and peaceful. You know, whenever I'm on the path of wisdom, I sleep like a baby. It's life-giving to be on wisdom's path. God's favor is upon people who are on the path of wisdom. Now, the author of Proverbs, he never says that people on wisdom's path will live trouble-free lives. He never makes that promise. He never makes the promise that blessings will come to you overnight when you pursue wisdom's path. He simply says, people on the path to wisdom enjoy higher levels of peace, lower levels of stress, and a deep, fulfilling awareness of God's presence in their life. You feel secure and you feel protected when you're on wisdom's path. You know, sadly, many of you have devastated your lives because of this curiosity or this 
this fascination with foolishness. With this, you know, you have this stubborn insistence on staying on that path of foolishness. Some of you have wrecked multiple marriages. Some of you have damaged your children so badly they won't even talk to you. Some of you are in such a deep financial hole, I don't even know if you can get out of it in this lifetime. And you know, I feel, I feel so terrible for some of the consequences that so many people have paid for choosing the path of foolishness. Some of you might be saying, you know, why, why Proverbs? Why now? You know, I think what God is telling me, I think what God is telling us is that it's time to re-enroll in the school of wisdom. It's time. It's time to get off that foolish path, to get back on the path of wisdom and re-enroll in the school of wisdom. Not for a week, because it's going to take longer than a week. Not for a month. And to, to make a life commitment to be on that path of wisdom. We need to re-enroll humbly in the school of wisdom and we need to learn its ways, we need to pursue its path, and we need to acquire as much of it as we possibly can. So I'm asking you, because that's all I can do, I'm asking you if you will enroll in the school of wisdom. If you will make, make it an absolute priority in your life to be here at church, to be around God's people, rearrange your calendar, rearrange your schedule, make a commitment to spend time with God, to be in His Word, to, to pursue wisdom. Marriages, parenting, work, finances, leadership, the school of wisdom. Proverbs has so much to say about all these things. So many of you have you've made mistakes in these areas and you continue to pay the consequences. How, how about saying this? How about saying, no more folly in the area of finances in my life. No more. I'm done with it. I'm sick of paying those consequences. What if you put a stake in the ground this morning and said, I'm going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some changes. No more folly in my marriage. I'm doing something different. You know, when you pursue wisdom, there will be a handsome payoff. That's the benefit. There will be great benefits. The benefits of acquiring all the wisdom you can will bless you greatly. Now, let me, let me ask you this. Think about your life when I ask this question, but where do you need an injection of wisdom? Are, are you struggling in your marriage? If you are, then pursue wisdom in that area and you will see it pay off. You will see the benefits. What does it mean to pursue wisdom in that area? Go to a marriage conference. I mean, put some money on the line and say, I'm going to go to a marriage conference and I'm going to learn about marriage. I'm going to, how about this? Find a couple in Grace Church that you look up to in their marriage and offer to pay for them to go to dinner and say, can I just ask you questions? Like, how do you do it? 
How, do you, how, do you, how have you made it so long in your marriage? Can you give me some pointers? Can you help me? Take a couple to dinner and learn from them. Pursue it. You've got to take action steps to have an injection of wisdom in the area of your, finance, uh, of your marriage. Maybe you're struggling in your finances. Pursue wisdom in that area. They may not be overnight, but you will see results. Go to a financial seminar. Learn, learn how to make a budget. Learn how to handle your finances. Cut up your credit cards. You may say, I, I can't afford to go to a financial seminar. You can't afford not to go. Because if you're continually doing the same thing and you're continually digging a hole, you have to do something different to get out of that hole. Find someone. Here's another one. Find someone at this church who handles their finances really well. Say, can we go to lunch? Can you, can you help me? Man, what would you suggest? How do I start? How do I make a budget? Where do I begin? And ask them, how do they do it? How, how do you do it? And then learn and listen to them. Now, can you see it? Did you catch it? One of the main core values of wisdom, one of the main core values to be able to grow in wisdom is humility. If you cannot listen, if you cannot learn from others, you will never acquire wisdom. You have to be willing to say, I don't know it all. Sometimes I think I do, but I know I don't. Can you help me? Can you, can you share with me some of the things that you know? Can I learn from you? Now, I have to make an important distinction right here. There is a huge difference between wisdom and knowledge. Okay, if you're struggling in your finances, you can read books about it. You can go to seminars about it. You can learn and increase your learning about finances and still be a horrible steward of your finances. Wisdom is putting that knowledge into practice. It's going to that financial seminar and then coming home and practicing a few things that you learn, trying, failing at it, getting back up and trying again. That's wisdom. Wisdom is putting knowledge into practice. I like to put it this way. The book of Proverbs actually talks about three different things. It says wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And I like to say it like this. Knowledge is book smarts. Wisdom is street smarts. And understanding is when you put those two together. When you put the book smarts with the street smarts, now you have understanding. So let me ask you, as we wrap up this talk this morning, are you willing to acquire wisdom in 2017? Are you willing to re-enroll in the School of Wisdom? Imagine with me for just a few seconds if everyone in this room made a commitment to acquire wisdom in 2017. Imagine 
the difference that it would make in your life and in your family and in your community and in your church. Gosh, that would be incredible. To get wisdom, you have to pursue it. You have to chase after it. You have to take action. And I encourage you, get as much of it as you can. When you decide to pursue it, the payoff is worth it. So worth it. So in conclusion this morning, let me take us back to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7 when it says that it all starts, the foundation, the only way that you can truly find wisdom, the only way that you can truly find knowledge is with God. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Do you believe in Him? Do you believe in God? Do you listen to and put into practice what He says? Are you willing to follow Him with your life? Are you willing to commit your family to Him? If so, that's when you'll begin to acquire more wisdom than you ever have before in your life. And the payoff will last for all of eternity. Church, let's acquire wisdom in 2017. If you would join me in prayer this morning. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this church. I pray that, Lord, in the areas of our life, maybe we see gaps where we're weak in or that we're struggling in or, gosh, we know that we're we're needing wisdom in this area. I pray that we would actively pursue wisdom in that area of our life, wherever it may be. Gosh, I've been humbled this week thinking about this holiday season and just the amount of people that made such horrible decisions. They, they made permanent decisions to end their life, to take their life. Man, maybe it was a injection of wisdom that they needed in a temporary problem that they were facing, but they made a permanent decision. Father, I pray that you would help us in in those areas. If it's marriage, if it's finances, if we're facing an addiction in our life, if it's parenting, if it's just a leadership issue at work, whatever it may be, Lord, I pray that we would actively pursue wisdom. We would ask people for some counsel for some guidance. We would go to that Christian seminar. We would read that book. We would search the scriptures. We would do what we need to do to acquire that wisdom that we need. And Father, I I am just banking. I'm putting my trust in your word when you say, if we seek, we will find. So Lord, I pray for those who are seeking and those who are going to make the decision to seek after wisdom this year, I pray that you would just pour wisdom out in their life and they would find it like never before. And it would bless their lives and it would bless their family and it would bless their community and it would bless Grace Church. Father, we love you. We praise you. We worship you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.